0: Welcome back to The Square. We've got a, we've got a pretty timely interview this month. Uh, yeah. We set it up anticipating getting ready for February, um, but there's been some high-profile view or looks into uh, heart health and, and cardiac awareness recently because of Damar Hamlin. Uh, we have Lisa Neff from the American Heart Association. Lisa, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
2: Hey, Welcome. We'd like to kick things off um, with your story, how you got started at the American Heart Association, your path there. Can you go into a little bit how how that happened?
1: Sure. So I've been in nonprofit uh, really since graduating out of college, did AmeriCorps Vista for a few years, worked with AmeriCorps before moving to Connecticut, which is actually where I joined the American Heart Association, joined as a health strategies uh, director for my region covering Westchester and Fairfield County, and actually, when I started with American Heart Association, I was doing a lot of work around hands-only CPR, community education, and awareness, because at that time, it was still relatively new and trying to make sure people were just knowing how to do something. Um, fast forward a few years, I community impact director for Connecticut, and then found the opportunity to move back home to the Western New York community and came back here as a community impact director for Western and Central New York. And now here I am as a senior community impact director with the Eastern States region for Heart Association.
2: We always come back, don't we?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Can't leave this area. It's like a yo-yo. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Eastern
0: States covers what what states?
1: So it's the whole Northeast region, uh, really from Virginia up to Vermont. That's okay. the easiest way to describe it.
2: Okay. Take that, New England. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, your current role as uh, Senior Director of Community Impact, uh, what does that look like day to day or month to month, year to year?
1: You know, every day is totally different. Um, so, I'm really fortunate. I'm actually a player cultural. So, I have a team of seven people that I also work with covering the rest of New York State, Pennsylvania, Delaware, and some special projects. I just don't oversee the major metro cities, so I don't cover New York City, Pittsburgh, or Philadelphia. Those areas are covered by other folks. But then I also have some responsibilities to, like, our whole Eastern States team, some of the special projects and grants that I work on. But, again, I'm a player coach, so it's I'm not that I'm removed from the work. I actually do all of the same work myself here in the western New York region. So I cover western – or the Buffalo-Niagara board territory, which is, like, all of western New York, mm-hmm. the, the main 11 counties out here – And then I also cover greater Rochester, which is that whole Finger Lakes region all the way over to central New York. And in the community impact role, the way that the American Heart Association really looks at it is policies, systems, and environmental changes. It's not necessarily some of, uh, sometimes people think like, oh, community impact, you're just doing health fairs all the time. And I I try to reframe for people that we're trying to do more sustainable changes in the community health fairs and things like that are amazing. We absolutely need that type of boots on the ground, grassroots education, but we also have to go a little further upstream and look at why those issues are there to begin with. Mm -hmm. So I sort of, um, if I look at how my job daily goes, I'd say I'm divided half and half between some of the more like community awareness type stuff, working on community blood pressure initiatives, community nutrition strategies, Uh, trying to work on both county-level, city-level policy that feeds into some of our New York state-level advocacy work, which um, my colleagues that I work with on the policy side are amazing. Our government relations director in Albany is fantastic to work with. And so many people don't realize that state-level policy does impact us locally too, Mm -hmm. as well as local influences state and getting engaged in that process. And then the other half of my hat is my clinical hat, So not in the hospital work necessarily, but that outpatient work is what we call it. Like when you go see your primary care doctors, making sure that they're following the latest and greatest guidelines for blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes. Because if you look at Western New York, for example, we have higher rates of heart disease and stroke. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is because of the chronic disease burden Mm -hmm. that we have here, which makes your outcomes when you do suffer any sort of cardiac incident or a stroke, your outcomes are going to be worse if you are, you have comorbidities going on
2: so we have a combination of things. It must be all that smoking and chicken wings. Right? Well, well yeah. maybe you can, our
1: Western New York diets of chicken wings, pizza, <laughs> which are all work, wonderful. Yeah. And so many amazing breweries out here, right. you know, it can't complain, yeah. but it maybe isn't the best thing for our diet.
0: Uh, no, <laughs> no uh, your, your Friday fish fry is, uh, is, right. is not yeah. great for you. Come on. And maybe you can help. The, like, the fish is good. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to argue with that, <laughs> but you know, maybe, maybe have it broiled. Maybe, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Baked
1: broiled. Yeah. Yes, right. exactly. Uh,
0: But maybe you can help, like, there is, there's this nasty rumor out there that smoking is bad for your heart.
1: (laughs) Gee, I wonder where that came from.
0: uh, Number
1: one modifiable risk factor, Jim, maybe?
0: uh, (laughs) I mean... But what if they're performance cigarettes? What if they're not just regular <laughs> cigarettes? With, with taurine and echinacea. Right, yeah. You
1: know, if they're the kid ones that you got when you were little, yeah. and just to like blow the little puff of candy air out, maybe those ones aren't as bad. The sugar content's probably going to come around and bite you in the butt right. later. But no, uh, smoking, every year we say this, number one modifiable risk factor for cardiovascular disease. Number one. Yeah. If we could get more people to stop smoking, honestly, that would do so much better more for us from a health perspective, long-term strategy-wise, mm. yeah.
2: are you supposed to get through a Bills game, though? <laughs> Bills game? Without, without a pack of cigarettes. Right, How yeah. am I supposed to get through election night? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. All right, so, so you, you mentioned some of the kind of high-level stats for yeah. stroke and, and heart disease for the community. So we, we got a pretty bad around here then, I, w- I would have to say. You know, maybe lack of movement in the winter months probably has something to do with it as well. It definitely
1: doesn't help. our Our rates of physical activity, very few people are meeting actually the the physical activity guidelines one hundred and fifty active minutes per week, which when you really break it down, thirty minutes a day, that's all we're really advocating for mm-hmm. for most adults, children a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. Just getting out and taking a walk, but sometimes people don't get into that, like, healthy cardiovascular zone I, I know a lot of people are like I, i'm on my feet all day i right. walk all day i'm like but are you ever getting your heart rate up mm-hmm. to that area where you're actually in like the cardiovascular growth zone um, one of the cardiologists that we work with i i love it he calls it the talk test he's like if you're going out for a walk with one of your friends or you call somebody on the phone and he's like you don't have like a hiccup in your breath every sentence that you're taking he's like you're not walking hard enough mm-hmm. And you're not getting any cardiovascular benefit from this.
2: So it's got to be a fairly brisk walk, yeah, to
1: get, exactly. Get up that range and
2: and you, and that and that range, I think, varies as you age, right? It, it lowers as you age, yeah. so.
1: And then also incorporating like strength training yep. and some more like increased from moderate to intense physical activity, interval type training type stuff is mm-hmm. really good to put in there. But it doesn't have to be hard. Like we have in this country, made physical activity such a dirty word, or right. exercise is just something you do to torture yourself. Um, myself included like I run and I do stuff sometimes so I can reward quote unquote myself <laughs> for good food and things that I enjoy mm-hmm. because that's like everything in balance you have yeah. to do everything in moderation but like it doesn't have to be something you don't like doing it,
2: and, and honestly it should be something you enjoy it mm-hmm. should be gar- dancing
1: yeah. gardening exactly like walking the dog you right. can do all those smoking things.
2: cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> if it gets you outside and walking I suppose yeah, yeah. I, yeah. maybe crosses yeah right it, it certainly gets your heart rate up <laughs> riding the bike if you like you know those yeah. um i don't know any kind of goofy looking uh, thing that moves you around outside right yes, yeah. those, those things where you move your arms and, and i don't know I uh, recumbent called. bicycles no I, oh. those are kind of goofy yeah yeah those yeah. i mean those are definitely goofy yeah okay uh, something but, like that yeah, that's what i was you thinking. could get out there on your segway Oh, well, you don't move on your Segway. You, 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 oh. you do when you fall. You do when you fall. When you roll off right right. down the street. Yeah. So it's all about like getting up, falling down a cliff and climbing back up is what you're saying right. on a yeah. Segway. It's good
1: strength training to climb back up. You're right. It is. Climbing, nice.
2: Yeah, climbing. And, and dragging yeah, that Segway with you. <laughs> that, that battery. No, I think you leave that behind.
1: No, but I mean... Here in Western New York, we've got a lot of great parks and other places that are now offering things like uh, cross-country ski rentals, horseshoe rentals, mm-hmm. horseshoe, no, um, snowshoe, Snow- <laughs> those, snow-shoe. <laughs> those <laughs> things. Um, horseshoe's for you, Jim. Horseshoe's yeah. in the summertime, <laughs> right. snowshoe's in the wintertime. But they're doing some really awesome stuff. I mean, when you look at the Parks and Rec websites, they're they're offering so much more now, especially focusing on the winter months, because we realize, yeah, for four months of the year... If you aren't a winter outdoorsy person, it can be really hard to Mm -hmm. get that kind of active lifestyle around here.
0: Right. The only activity you you get is shoveling snow, which is also a risk for another heart attack. Heart attack, yeah.
1: Yeah. If you haven't done any physical activity in a long time and you jump outside and think you're going to shovel for three hours straight, Mm -hmm. it's... That's putting such a huge tax on your heart, and especially also in the cold weather too. It does right. put stress on your heart. It, you have to your heart has to pump a lot harder in the cold weather
0: because mm-hmm. yeah. your blood is so thick from all the chicken wing fat. <laughs> so, oh, is that why I was having chest pains the other day <laughs> yeah. last week? Right. Yeah. That's oh man. That's why I, I have to drink all that like that fuel injection.
2: Uh, fluid to, to clean out my system seafoam yeah yeah that's good stuff man Yeah, it's, it's yeah. delicious it's you, you mix that with a little vodka and you got yourself a good night right that's i think i, I used to drink a lot when yeah. i was in my 20s yeah a- anyone who's looking for a healthy heart please don't follow that suggestion. <laughs> yeah. please don't do that. that that might mess you up a little bit all right so you mentioned demar hamlin yeah. At the top of the episode. Sounds like you had kind of a busy week uh, as a result of that. Now, Damar, healthy guy otherwise, kind of a seemingly a freak thing. We don't know exactly what happened, but it sounds like, you know, it's kind of a freak thing, the timing of it all. I, there's an interest in people wanting to learn CPR, how to use an AED machine. So you've had some Zoom or WebExes this week in, in regards to that. Can you speak a little bit to that?
1: And in person, yeah. you know, it's been, okay, first of all, watching it happen live on TV. I don't want to say what happened because again, you've mentioned it. We don't actually know all the details of, we're not the cardiologist in the room of what happened explicitly, but cardiac arrests have happened in the stands before, you know, that you don't see. This was a case where people saw a cardiac arrest happen on live national television, which is not something you see very often, um, thankfully. No matter how you look at that event, it was a very traumatic and eye-opening experience for a lot of people because no matter what, when you say CPR, you're doing resuscitation. You're bringing somebody back to life. His heart stopped beating on that field for some period of time. That's hard to think about. Mm -hmm. What I'm hopeful, and first and foremost... Science and everything is, the science and guidelines that are there for cardiac arrest are there for a reason, but the quick action of the athletic trainers and medical staff on that field that day saved his life. They jumped into action. He had hands on him in under 10 seconds from the time that he went down. I believe it was under 30 seconds that he had CPR and an AED on him. Don't quote me on those numbers specifically, but that's kind of what we're hearing is what happened on the field. When you think about the chain of survival, which is from the time you call 911 to the time that you're in the hospital, everything went right on that field for him. Being as healthy of an individual as he was is probably going to just benefit his recovery, but nothing is ever guaranteed in a cardiac arrest situation. So... For us as the Heart Association, yeah, we've been getting a lot of calls, a lot of hits on our website, so www.heart.org slash CPR has a ton of information on it. We've been sending people there nonstop all week when they're asking where to take courses. There's a great find a CPR course map tool on there so you can put in your city, your zip code, find the closest training centers to you that our American Heart Association like validated training centers and instructors, because you also want to make sure that you are getting good instructors. And I'm not just saying that for Heart Association, Red Cross, other places have great instructors too. But I do want to just make sure people know there are kind of two different courses, well, for the lay person, there are kind of two pathways. So what we've been doing a lot of advocate, advocacy for this week has been for hands-only CPR. That's just like for the general lay person, two steps, compressions only, no rescue breaths really just for teens and adults that it suddenly collapse. But we are still advocating strongly for people to take a full certification course and actually learn how to clear the airway, how to do the rescue breaths, how to use an AED properly, and how to provide basic first aid, which is usually included in those courses too. Because we want people to know what to do, when something like that happens in front of them. Because the faster you act, the better the outcomes are in the long term. And really, when you're doing CPR on somebody, what you're doing is manually pumping their heart for them. You're pumping oxygenated blood to all the vital organs. You're sustaining their life until paramedics arrive.
2: Yeah, a lot of our listeners are community-oriented. They're caring people. I mean, what better way to show you care for someone than saving their life (laughs) in an emergency situation? It's a great thing to do. If someone wants to sign up for this, there's probably going to be... A little bit of time before now and when the class starts. Are there video resources out there that they can use? Absolutely.
1: Do? Okay. If you go on the website, like I said, heart.org slash CPR, there's like a sixty second training video for just basic hands only CPR. So again, compressions only, you can actually there's a couple new videos that they just put up that are about I want to say a minute and a half or three minutes long to actually learn how to use an AD as a lay person, just a layperson So we're not talking about like the CPR certification that your medical staff gets, it's like BLS and ALS and stuff like that, advanced life support, basic life support. They're doing a much more enhanced version. But for the general layperson, you can kind of get away with hands-only CPR. But if you need a certification, HeartSaver is the other course that most people look for because it kind of checks all the boxes and it's OSHA certified mm. course. Mm-hmm. So for most employers, that's all you really need. But for the general population or like... If your organization, for example, has a cardiac emergency response plan, so they have safety staff who are trained, who are ready to respond in the case of emergencies, you have an AED in your building, and it's really the responsibility of the security or safety team to handle situations like that, you could probably just have your staff take like a general hands-only CPR awareness course. But teach your staff also what happens with those safety teams because I feel like so often what I hear is people say, oh, yeah, we have a safety team. I don't have to worry about that. And it's like, well, yeah, but if your safety team takes three minutes to get there from the time that your colleague goes down, you could be doing something in the meantime.
2: That yeah. can mean a difference between um, having a brain issue. Absolutely. And like coming to normally, right? Yeah. Huge difference. Every minute counts.
1: Every minute counts. Every second counts in a cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. I mean, just compressions only. They found that the compressions are the, the vital component of it and It's a two inch deep compression. So when I'm always teaching people this out in the community, they're like, this is exhausting. And I'm like, yeah, now imagine doing this for three or five minutes until your EMS or paramedics arrive.
2: Underlines the importance of doing cardio.
1: Yeah, there (laughs) you go. So true, though. Like, if you're really doing a two inch deep compression and you're doing hard, good compressions on somebody, you're going to be exhausted really quick. And I think that always alarms folks when I actually get them down on the ground trying on a mannequin. They're like. I had no idea it was this hard. And I'm like, yeah, but think about it. If you see somebody go down, it's going to be a friend or a loved one or a colleague. Most of the time, if you're performing CPR on somebody, you know the person. Mm -hmm. Your adrenaline is going to kick in and go into high gear. And you're going to do things that you didn't think were possible. So don't ever be afraid to do something. And yeah, if you're stuck and you're by yourself and you're doing CPR on somebody for five minutes before like before an ambulance shows up at your house... You're probably not going to still be doing two-inch deep compressions, but you're going to be doing something, Mm -hmm. and every little bit counts.
2: Circling back to the AED thing, I think a lot of workplaces have them around, right? Um, I think it's important to know where they are if you have them in your workplace. It's also important that someone's keeping track of the thing to make sure that everything's up to date, it's got battery, the pads are current. I thought they were like circus peanuts. They just lasted forever. <laughs> you just put it up on the wall and hope for the best. Yeah. Right? <laughs> do, do circus peanuts uh, save lives? Can you give them to someone in, a, in an emergency situation? I
0: mean, you could give them, I don't know what the emergency would be, that a circus peanut's going to help out, but you certainly could give them an emergency situation. Be as like, long yeah. as they don't have a peanut allergy <laughs> <Yeah>. as well. <laughs> right, yeah.
2: <laughs> Performance circus peanuts.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just... just. Just push, you're just, every compression, you put another circus peanut and you just smash it
2: into their chest. Uh, That's helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's helpful.
0: Right. Well, that that way you don't, you don't, you don't break any bones. You get that little cushioning from the circus (laughs) peanut.
2: But, okay. So again, going back to the AED, they're fairly simple to use if there's no one else around who's trained in using it, right? I think people are scared of it. Can you go through maybe how that looks?
1: Sure. So. I just want to make a little point of clarification for something you said. Not every workplace has an AED in gotcha. it. It is not actually, um, I can't remember off the top of my head what the New York State guidelines are about what size organization is required to have one, but there are some smaller community organizations like some of the nonprofits and other places, churches, some of them aren't required to have one. Some do because they want to be prepared, which is amazing, but others can't, and they are not cheap. If you are in an organization that does not have one and you're thinking about getting one, talk to your local EMS. Um, There's what's called pad programs, public access to defibrillation. Usually it's run through your EMS or other local emergency management organizations that control those or organize them, I should say. They will actually advise you on which type of AED to purchase that will align with the pads and like literally the pads that the EMS or first responders use so they can just plug their device in when they get there and they don't have to remove the pads, change the pads and waste more time. So, just a little bit of clarification there that if you are an organization that does not have an AED and is planning on purchasing one, please talk to your local emergency response or like organization or your town or county's emergency management department before you purchase anything. Also, They like to know which places have them. So if a situation ever occurred locally, they could actually refer you and say, there's a AED one block or, you know, one door over from you right now at this location. Go get it. Mm -hmm. AEDs are awesome. They are so easy to use in some cases. Not the medical grade ones, obviously. Those are a little bit more advanced. But the general ones that you see in most public places malls airports etc look for the heart with the electrical bolt through it you know kind of situational awareness we always point out in emergency situations where the exit doors are Mm -hmm. pay attention and look around the rooms to see where your aeds are too it's kind of like ingrained in me now working for the heart association i always look for the heart with the electrical bolt i can't help it i i see them around now and you're like aware of it Mm -hmm. it scares me sometimes in places i can't tell you the number of times um I won't say the company name, Fortune 500 company, went and did a hands-only CPR lunch and learn for them. And I always make a point for myself to know where AEDs are located. Did a training for them, and I pop quizzed them in the room, like 35, 40 people in the room. Can anyone tell me where the closest AED is? Safety team does not, cannot answer this question. Nobody in the room could tell me where it was, and it was right outside their door, the door of the room we were in. They are Great, because even if you don't have a background in, like, full CPR or emergency response, you're not a safety personnel. The hardest part about AEDs is turning them on. You turn them on. The new ones talk you through everything. The diagrams, right when you unzip the box or open it, there's a diagram. The right pad goes on the upper chest. Lower, left. That's always how I remember it. Lower, left. Upper right, keep the L's together. It's Mm -hmm. the easiest way I can remember it. You slap those on, you plug them into the device, and it will walk you through what to do. It will tell you when to clear the body, when to make sure nobody is touching it, because if you're touching, your electrical is going through them too. So clear the body. Your job, if you are the one kind of controlling the situation, is to make sure everybody stays back and stays off. The AED will say analyzing, and it'll say... You know, I might be using kind of the wrong words depending on which device you're using, but it'll say shock advised, clear the body again, provide shock, and you push the shock button. If that works, great. If the person comes back, you obviously stop doing CPR on them and stay with them anyways until help arrives. But if that shock does not bring them back, the device will actually say resume compressions and it'll count out compressions for you. So you can't go wrong. So many people think that they're going to like electrocute somebody with an AED because the older versions weren't set up that way to scan the body and do everything. The ones now are though. And if I I also want to make sure people know if you are a lay person, you are not a medical provider. You are not a first responder. You are protected under the good Samaritan law. If you are genuinely helping providing CPR, say you break somebody's ribs about 30% of the time and out of hospital, you're going to break somebody's ribs doing CPR on them. You're protected. If you are doing CPR on a woman and you're afraid that you're going to get sued. Fun fact, women, um, black and Hispanic folks are less likely to get bystander CPR. Women are less likely to get CPR than men because people are afraid of inappropriately touching them is one of the Mm -hmm. proposed reasons behind that. Like my theory is if I go down, Go ahead and break my ribs if it saves my life. Mm -hmm. Ribs can be fixed. You can't bring somebody back.
2: Just expanding on that, uh, what about signs of stroke and heart attack? Can you go over some of those signs?
1: So let's start with cardiac arrest because we were covering that earlier. Um, Usually when I ask people to tell me, what is a cardiac arrest? So first thing for you two, what is a cardiac arrest?
2: Well, it's a a stoppage of your heart due to one reason or another, right?
1: Exactly. Thank you. Most people will tell me when I ask them that question, they'll say it's a heart attack. I'm like, no, actually, it's when the heart stops beating. Heart attack is a leading cause of cardiac arrest, but oftentimes it's an electrical malfunction. So recognizing a cardiac arrest and when to do CPR on somebody is incredibly important. You would only perform CPR on somebody when their heart stops beating, so they are going to be unresponsive, no pulse, no breath. Typically, if somebody is having a heart attack, on the other hand, They're usually still conscious. They're usually still awake until it goes into a more dire situation, but they are often clutching their chest, complaining of tightness in the chest, arm, jaw. Uh, Women are actually more likely to experience other symptoms like back pain, jaw pain. A lot of people are also saying impending sense of doom. There are these signs and symptoms of a heart attack that you have. People will... um, During physical exertion, they'll start feeling that like heaviness in their chest. That is one of like the telltale things. And then that pain starts to radiate down the arm and other places. If you are feeling chest pain, constrictions, anything like that, call 911, get to a hospital. Unfortunately, so many times people wait. You don't want to think that you're having a heart attack. Going to the emergency room sucks. Uh, There's no other way around it. You don't want to be there. Nobody Mm -hmm. wants to be in an emergency room. So you delay and you think, oh, it's just a little indigestion. It's just, you know, I just Mm -hmm. don't feel well. Don't be that person that waits. If you think you are having a heart attack, go to the emergency room. That is the best place you can be. Even if it is a situation where they send you home and say, you know, they put the EKG on you and they look at you and they evaluate you and say, nope, you are just having indigestion. It's better to know that than to have waited and not go. Right. On the other hand, you've got stroke. Um, Stroke is, most causes of stroke, I will say, is a clot in the brain, similar to a clot in the heart. So sometimes when I'm explaining to people the difference, I'll say like a stroke is basically a heart attack of the brain. A clot has broken off, traveled to your brain, and caused a blockage of some kind. The same thing is happening. Your brain is also a muscle similar, like your heart is a muscle. When there is a blockage, things start dying. The muscle starts dying. So in the brain, most strokes are caused by a clot. There's also a type of stroke called a hemorrhagic stroke, which is a bleeding stroke. Um, That's usually something a vessel has burst in the brain, causes a bleed and pressure, et cetera. Your signs and symptoms of stroke are, you know, we say FAST. Uh, There's a couple other acronyms out there like BFAST, where there's balance, equilibrium and other stuff, but FAST. If you can remember FAST, face drooping, arm weakness, slurred speech, time to call 911 that's the easiest way to remember it especially during football season uh, I have to bring up a story of one of the survivors that I met over the years I was watching a football game struggled picking up his drink decided to just ignore that hand and use his <laughs> other arm oh. to pick up said drink and waited till the end of the football game and unfortunately oh ended up experiencing some really detrimental time lapse And ended up with not resuming all of his faculties and use of that arm because of it. You know, he recovered well, but not 100%. And so stroke is still the number five cause of death in our country, but it's a leading cause of disability. Get to the hospital. We don't want people calling 911 for no reason. But in that case, if you think you are having a stroke or a heart attack, call 911. The hospital is where you want to be. And especially when you're in the ambulance, they will be evaluating you for a stroke and will get you to a hospital that can actually treat you properly. They will bypass hospitals that can't actually treat strokes to make sure you get somewhere where you can get treated properly. That's been a lot of the work. Um, Sometimes people don't sometimes understand the full scope of work that the American Heart Association does. A lot of what we do is research and advocacy is really like the bulk of it. I'm not necessarily on that side of the house but our get with the guidelines program the hospital based programs are all about making sure that when you come to the hospitals you're getting the best treatment to the guidelines every time and that doesn't matter who you are every patient is treated the same because guidelines are guidelines are guidelines and it's not based on you me color of our skin our age or anything you're treated to the guidelines
0: so february is a busy month for you right january Just a january <laughs> Usually not as busy, but this month uh, kind of an anomaly for January. But So let's talk about February and uh, American Heart Month.
1: Coincidentally, this month's theme was Be the Beat, uh, set a few months back even. So it had nothing to do with the whole Damar Hamlin's cardiac arrest. But our theme this year was all about hands-only CPR, which is why we were making all new videos about... Um, compressions and AED use. So, all those videos are now live on our website. Everything is available for folks at no cost. Everything on our website is free of charge to use for public education purposes, which is amazing. But American Heart Month is really a chance to raise awareness and draw attention to heart disease as the number one cause of death in our country. Um, excuse me, especially for women. Uh, National Wear Red Day is always the first Friday in February every month for the specific reason of raising awareness for women that heart disease is the number one killer of women. But yet when you ask most women, what are you most concerned about for your health? What do you think it is?
0: COVID. <laughs>
2: cancer? Yeah, breast yeah, cancer yeah, is your the number breast one. breast cancer, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, a lot of women, I, I will say it's getting better But women will go to the emergency room with chest pain and will often sometimes get, we've heard the stories of them being turned away like, oh, you're having an anxiety attack, you're having a panic attack. In the past, sometimes women were not taken seriously Mm -hmm. when they were having chest pains because apparently women can't have heart attacks. But guess what? Lo and behold, we can. Heart Month is... A perfect time to raise that awareness. So first Friday of February, make sure you're wearing your red that day. Mm. I know you've got some lovely things, I'm sure, that you mm. can put on that day. But American Heart Month in general, every month, every year, we have some sort of a theme awareness going around about it. Last year, we really took a hard look at uh, high blood pressure. High blood pressure continues to be something that we focus on, but this year we'll definitely be going a little harder on CPR.
2: Yeah. That, interesting. Uh, you bring up high blood pressure because you had us, a Diamond Jim and I, take a, an assessment mm-hmm. on the American Heart Association. Yeah, website. And, my, and
0: my blood pressure is fine.
2: Okay, my blood pressure is actually pretty good. Okay, uh, other things not as great. <laughs> so okay, you want to go through yours, and then and then you can pick us apart. Yeah. Said. So so it's,
0: I'll,
1: I'll critique these. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, so yeah, with love. I, I do it yeah. with love. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: So I I scored the lowest out of a hundred. Uh, I got like a fifty-seven. Okay. Which is not great. You're halfway there. Yeah, halfway to what? There. Oh, there. Just Uh, there. Just there. Uh, uh, Obviously, the the number one thing was uh, smoking. Was definitely, and then need to get more exercise. Mm -hmm. Need to lose weight. Uh, BMI. I'm obese. I could use to lose some weight. I'm six foot, two seventy five. That's that's not exactly where you want to be. I I do get a a good amount of vegetables in. Um, I eat a lot of fish, um, and I definitely eat enough fruit and get enough fruit uh, every week. So those were good things that they were t- told me I was doing well. But they're like, you know, I don't know, maybe exercise a little bit
2: more fatty.
1: I, I, and that's exactly how the My Life Check tells you, too, in the report, right? right? Yeah, like, yeah. That's exactly how yeah. that
2: right, is. There's a, a gif of someone <laughs> wagging a
0: finger at you. Right. That's Yeah. Right. It's it, I, I didn't know that it was going
2: to talk. And then, it, like, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like, yeah, just exercise more <laughs> fatty. It just It just went, oh. Oh, no. Well, that's what it did for me anyway. For me, I, I got a little bit of a higher score, 71.9. That's great. And it said, I've got to lose weight and manage my blood pressure. My blood pressure is a little high, I guess. Mm. Which is, I think, if if listeners know me from the podcast, what about outrageously uh, yeah. insane guy I am. My high blood pressure is always a yeah. problem.
1: I'm always surprised that my blood pressure isn't higher. Yeah. Um, it's always shocking to me because I have a little bit of like a rage tendency yeah. in myself sometimes. that I should like, higher. I stick to a pretty
2: strict alcohol <laughs> regimen. which really <laughs> helps thin the blood, and yeah. but I think now that raises your blood pressure, doesn't it? I mean, it does thin the blood to a point, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, have, I don't know.
0: Okay. I, I, I don't. I'm not an angry drunk.
2: Oh, good. Okay. I'm okay. a very right. relaxed All right. drunk. All right.
0: Well, he's then. a friendly one. Right. Yeah. yeah. That works. It's. Right. Uh, I, I have. I'm much more on the flight than fight. Uh, response.
2: <laughs> With Let's Go Pills, I wanted to make a beer that was similar to the beers I grew up drinking in, in the tailgate, and I wanted a clear American lager that was crisp and, and just really sharp. It, it takes the classic American lager, and we, we showcase craft ingredients made by locals, made by fans, uh, to be shared by fans. Bring community to all that you do, and good things happen.
1: It's actually really surprising that you say your diets is are the best thing because less than one percent of the United States population actually follows nutrition guidelines mm. and actually meets all yeah. of the standards and myself included I I don't eat enough fish lo yeah. and behold yeah
0: yeah about well it's like you know like you know obviously like red meat is one of the big things and like yeah. I might eat red meat maybe once a week yeah. it's not very often you know like um, I don't I don't eat meat at every meal uh, not that I'm Going vegetarian or vegan anytime soon, but I don't eat meat at every meal. But I, I tend to stick to uh,
2: seafood or uh, poultry. I'm not much of a salad guy, but I—that's I, why I make sure I have my green smoothie every morning. Oh. Green. So smoo- wait,
1: what kind of green smoothie are you making? Well,
2: I do. So I go to Wegmans, and when they have it, sometimes they don't. I get the super greens, which is chard, kale, and spinach. Okay. And from my wife and I, we put I think four cups in there. Um, And then a couple more cups of blueberries, a little bit of the Greek yogurt, the the flavorless, sugar-free, you know, all that. And then we put in some protein of some sort. Herring.
1: That actually sounds really
2: good. Throw some herring. Yeah, every day. Herring fillets in there. (laughs) We get the greens in. So, you know, a lot of people take their multivitamin every day. Well, you really don't need to if you do something like that. Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. So much of what we put into our bodies could probably be improved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's a matter of reading labels which you need a college degree sometimes I feel like to understand what the heck is going on with most labels and myself included, I'm a purchase based on packaging type of person. And I think so many people sometimes will see like hearts and stuff on things and they'll be like, Oh, this is healthy Mm -hmm. and it's not actually that healthy, but marketing is a beautiful Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. and you can package something really nicely and then come to find out it's not healthy for you at all. And it's a matter of just going back to basics Mm -hmm. If you eat more fruits, eat more vegetables, reduce the meat consumption and other saturated fats that you're putting into your body, and sodium, Um, a lot of people are sodium sensitive when it comes to high blood pressure. Not everybody, but no matter what, reducing sodium is good for you in other ways because then you're not like bloated with water weight and everything else. Going back to though the the My Life Check tool, especially, all of it's now based on Life's Essential Eight is sort of what we look at. So Mm. it's... Your numbers, Mm -hmm. blood pressure, cholesterol, glucose, and now the other modifiable, well, really a lot of them are modifiable, but your behavioral things. So sleep, physical activity, what you eat, what you drink, what you do. Sleep was the newest addition this year. Uh, Really within the last eight months, I think that science officially changed the guidelines for that to really encourage people that sleep does matter, which... If you're not somebody who gets regular sleep, you feel kind of miserable, myself at least, if I mess up my sleep. But especially when you're looking at shift workers and like other people who are doing swing shifts or split shifts and going midnights to day shifts, Mm -hmm. that throws off circadian rhythm so much and can really…
2: It's not great for you. Mm No.
1: And they're finally realizing all of the impacts that sleep has on your body. But the My Life Check score is a nice way of just getting a baseline for yourself. Mm And, like you said, finding some areas maybe where Mm -hmm. you could take some gentle nudges, Mm -hmm. you know. Because apparently me, like, elbowing you (laughs) to stop smoking for years hasn't worked, so.
2: That's Diamond Gym for you. Yeah, that's...
1: (laughs) Well, I believe Mark Twain did say it best: "Quitting smoking is the easiest thing to do." I should know; I've done it a thousand times, right? Right? So yeah.
0: Yeah, you quit a few times, right? Yeah, I've yeah. I quit a few times, and the yeah. great thing about quitting is that you can have one, yeah, because uh, you've already quit;
2: <laughs> you've earned it, right? That's a that's that's a Tom Waits joke. <laughs>
1: Rewards. <laughs> as
2: far as social media, website, you know, where, where can people find more information?
1: Absolutely. Just go to heart.org. That is the main website address. You can search by conditions, diseases. We also have an online support network that I think is really useful for people to know about. If you are a survivor or a caregiver of somebody with heart disease or including uh, congenital heart defects, the online support network is an amazing tool that I think is actually underutilized by a lot of people. Just to know that they're, you're not alone. Uh, During COVID, a lot of support groups shut down. So Mm -hmm. there is help out there for folks. But really, there's from a prevention standpoint, too, recipes, video resources, anything you could really want for improving your heart health. Mm -hmm. Or if you are somebody who is in recovery from a heart attack or stroke, the website is just a black hole of information that you can go down. So
0: thank you. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Oh, uh-huh.